The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Uh, Brian Burke is with us. He's RTE's Super Garden Judge. If you have any questions about uh, gardening, about what to plant, what not to plant, any of the rest of it, you can fling them in and Brian will get through as many as possible. How are you, Brian? Nice to see you. How are you, Anton? I am very good. Question says, I have a fairly large garden. I have a nice range of mature shrubs. I have heard that this is the time of the time of year to take hardwood cuttings from them. What are they and how do I do it? Okay, so hardwood cuttings are a means of what we call vegetative propagation, right? So it's a means of reproducing plants without the exchange of seed, right? So there's things like grafting, layering and hardwood cuttings. So this is the time of the year. Most deciduous shrubs and some evergreen shrubs can be propagated this time of the year by means of a hardwood cutting, right? So the process is you want to avoid the very new soft tip growth and you want to avoid the old hardwood, the old growth. You're looking for what we call juvenile growth, which is growth that has happened within the last year to 18 months, right? So you cut off a section. You're looking for a piece, your cutting should be about 6 inches to 12 inches long, about 150 to 300 mil. You want to make a straight cut at the bottom, right underneath a bud or a pair of buds, straight across. Go to the top and make an angled cut just above a bud or a pair of buds. Dip the bottom section into rooting powder or rooting gel, which you can get in any garden centre. Put it into a 2 litre pot with general purpose garden compost. Put it outdoors and hey presto, new plants. It's a really simple, effective way of propagating new plants. If you're doing a lot of them, it's worth digging a trench outside, outside, out of doors, putting them in rows about 150 mil apart, and then the rows themselves about 300 mil apart. And then at the end, when in March, I then I can take them out of the pots and, and plant them into yeah, their permanent well you, home? You want to give them a full season to grow on. And another thing, you want to make sure that there are some buds up along the cutting. So you'll have bottom buds that you will bury in the compost. You'll have top bud, but make sure there's some intermediate buds as well. That will allow the plant to grow on when the root system develops. The rooting uh, gel or rooting powder is composed of a a uh, hormone called auxin which promotes root growth so that's what that's what it's all about and that will that will propagate new roots in the compost and away you go some in, some interesting and unusual questions for you coming in do i need to water my real christmas tree inside the house and how regularly now news talks christmas tree has gone in about two days ago it is already shedding its needles like billio mm. and I, I i'm not holding out much hope for surviving all the way through how do you make them last how do you make them last well a, gr- a great idea before you put before you bring them inside stand them in a bucket of water outside before you introduce because they will by capillarity take up water and water will prevent uh, the, the shedding of needles now the variety is very important. So, as we all know, Christmas trees are fur, but the, the variety is important because varieties have been developed in this whole Christmas tree area to resist the shedding of needles and to provide a good shape. The two varieties you're looking for are Noble fur or Nordman fur. They're the best type for Christmas trees. You will get, you'll get all sorts of shapes and sizes of fur in, in Christmas tree retail outlets, but you should ask the question, are they Nordman fur or are they Noble fur? Nordman or Noble? Nordman or Noble. How do you know this stuff off the top of your head, Brian? (laughs) This is my game. Even still, though, knowing the specific breed of Christmas tree that is non-shedding on a hot ball. Very impressive. What are good plants? Here's one for you. What are good plants to put on graves when it's really cold outside? So does that mean plants that are not in pots? Does that mean cuttings? Must yeah, I, I would say container, I would say displays of graves because, I mean, again, if you go down to your garden centre this time of year, there are certain things that are seasonal that are right now. And again, again, garden centres respond to seasonality. So you will see things like cyclamen, for example. Garden centres will be wall-to-wall cyclamen at the moment because there are winter 
tuberous perennial that look really well this time of year. Heathers, winter heathers. Heathers look great over the winter. Um, var- uh, any plant with variegated foliage, like Euominus, variegated ivy. Um, Skimia japonica is a, a plant that's synonymous with this time of the year. So anything that has is in season and is looking good right now. The garden centres will respond to trends, obviously respond to what's looking good at the moment. They'll be on the shelves. Go down to the garden centre, pick some of those. Also, Polyanthus and Primula looking really good this time of the year. All of this stuff will look really well, provide a good, solid, colourful display for any setting. You mentioned Holly. I, I'm disappointed because the, the show had been so so um, open-minded until this point, but it has gone sexist. We have a text saying, how do I make sure the bare root holly I buy is female? Last ones were all male. What's wrong with male holly? Well, you see, the thing is, if you want them to, if you want them to grow on prolifically, you need to plant two at a time, a male and a female, because they cross-pollinate. So the female, Yeah. The female produce the berries. And while we're, got, while we're on propagation there, a really good way to propagate hollies at this time of the year is to take the berries from the female, soak the berries, strip back the skin, extract the seeds, put the seeds in compost, put them outside, hey presto, more hollies. You can also vegetatively propagate, like I mentioned a minute ago, hollies. They're one of the few evergreens that you can that you can propagate by hardwood cutting. Oh, so the same thing, the technique you described earlier, you can do that exactly. with Exactly, you can do. There's not, it doesn't apply to all evergreens, but it does apply to holly and privet and a few of the evergreens. So in this instance, the, how do I make sure the bare root holly I buy is female? You want to get a female and a male if you're buying again. You, yeah, you want to get a female and a male, put to alternate them. Just like pears, you need a male and a female to sell to cross-pollinate and make them more prolific to flower better and to grow on more abundantly more prolifically how do you know ask, which is which ask the uh, ask the supplier ask the grower they should it should be up to them to batch them up in a, in a alternate male and female so they should know what they're doing and they should be providing you with the right uh, blend of, of of genders you were talking about ma- methods in which to uh, propagate uh, plants earlier on and you talked about grafting as as one of the instances is it true that nearly all orange trees are the head of one species grafted onto the bottom of another. Absolutely. That's the way a lot of our fruit, our fruits, our fruit trees are produced now. What it does is it, it overcomes, it bypasses several years of growth. So what growers will do is they'll take a viable rootstock and then they'll take a, a, a shoot, which is called, in this instance, it's called a scion, S-C-I-O-N, and they'll meld them together. They, they literally slice the scion, meld it to the rootstock, put a sealing wax around it, tie it off with a, with a heavy-duty plastic, plant it, and then, hey presto, you have a, you've, you have a plant that has bypassed several years of growth. It's, it's, it's a commercial imperative. It's just a response to producing fruit trees quicker. Than but it, it does mean then that you have a Frankenstein of a tree. You have, one, you have literally two different trees living symbiotically together to produce fruit. Absolutely. And have you, have you ever seen that situation where several different types of apple tree have been grafted onto the one rootstock? So you could have a, an apple tree bearing several different types of apple. No, can you? Absolutely. Look, Google it after the show. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, text asking um, what are the best flowers for pots for winter and another saying what are uh, good pl- plants for colour indoors through winter ok well I mean I suppose this time of the year it's coming up to the festive season I mean there's nothing as more synonymous with Christmas than the poinsettia you know um, like again it's, it's a type of euphorbia the poinsettia it's native to Central America m- more particularly associated with Mexico we use it here as a seasonable, pl- seasonable, seasonable plant 
there's a perception with poinsettia that it's almost like a disposable plant because the context of it is so richly associated with Christmas that when Christmas comes and goes, people tend to just get, get rid of them, throw them out. You can grow on poinsettia to keep it alive until next year. They're very finicky. They'll want a very particular range of temperatures, about 13 to 18 degrees. They'll want to be pruned in April. They'll need regular feeding. But you can hold on to it. And this is the misnomer. People don't, don't, don't think this is the case. But you can hold on to it and make it flower again for next Christmas if you're careful. We only have about a minute left. This is my chance to exploit you while I have you. You know my tomatoes? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're currently fruiting, which I don't think tomatoes are meant to do because it's December. If I leave them, will they make it through till next spring or are they, do I have to dig them out and put in new ones? I would say you'll have to dig them out and put in new ones. Despite the fact that we've had such mildness, I mean, this is a phenomenon that people are are, are experiencing in all all ranges of horticultural situations. I have a Viburnum placatum at home that is flowering prolifically on the what, the 3rd of December, it's just, it's insane. I will nod sagely like I know what a Viburnum placatum <laughs> is and when it should blossom. Shocking, Brian. Shocking. Shocking. Brian Burke, uh, RT's uh, super garden judge, as always. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.